Good morning, everybody. Y'all doing all right this morning? Let's go right into the word of the Lord. Let's go back to the division of Psalm, our foundation of Scripture. Everybody should have your Bible. Everybody should have your Bible. Go to your phone. Open up your Bible. The division of Psalm. Remember I taught you last week that there are no chapters in the book of Psalms. They are all divisions. All right? All right? The 34th division of Psalm, of the Psalms. Verse number one says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. His name together. Somebody say the purpose and power of worship. As we talked about on last week, we're in a series and we're going to be in this series. I'll begin to teach uh, here real soon on the tabernacle. We're going to go through um, biblical worship, what it, what it means to worship God outside of music, praise team, all of that other stuff. Very important. And so we taught on last week the vertical aspect of God, and I want to give you the principle of that. That is worship to God, worshiper to God. The worshiper. I'm the worshiper. He's God. The vertical aspect of worship. And now we're going into number two. We're going into part two. The horizontal, the horizontal aspect of worship. Three general spheres of worship. The horizontal, the horizontal aspect deals with worshiper to worshiper. Number one, we taught on last week, worshiper to God. It's between God and me. Before you get to worshiper to worshiper, there has to be a foundation where God and man unite in unity and harmony in his presence. Vertical aspect, worshiper to God. The horizontal aspect is worshiper to worshiper. Worshiper to worshiper. The communication of worship, here it is, that is seen, felt, heard by the body of believers. The horizontal aspect of worship, from worshiper to worshiper, the communication of, this is the communication where worship is seen, it's felt, and it's heard among the body of believers. Did you hear that? The horizontal aspect of worship, worshiper to worshiper. That means that when you come to church, you should not be worshiping by yourself. <laughs> that, that, that means when you come into a corporate setting, your worship should go from worshiper to worshiper. If we're talking about the horizontal aspect of worship, the, the vertical aspect has everything to do with 
your time with God, just you and God. Your, your private devotion should become a public success when you become worshiper to worshiper. See, a lot of times we're afraid to worship with other people because we don't have good success in our own worship. When, when you don't know how to worship alone, you don't know how to worship with other people. When you don't have a, a private relationship, you don't know what it is to have a public relationship. I, I, I'm really going to begin to tear down some of the religious things that we call worship that are not worship. Again, I taught you music is not worship. Singing is not praise and worship. Did y'all hear what I said? The choir and all of the dancing and those are accessories to what we do. Those are the giftings of worship. Those are the skills and the talents. Because if we said that, that singing was a worship, then that means that everybody believes that they can sing, then that's worship. Everybody can't sing. Some people can, can make noise and, and, and do a tune, but everybody can't sing. You know, just because I sing don't mean I'm worshiping God. I'm simply just using my talent and my gift. Worship has everything to do with my posture in honor. Worship has everything to do with, with me using the God-given access to get into the presence of God and to sit before the presence of God. So come on, let's, let's go into it, all right? This communication opens the door for the unbeliever to see the faith of the true believer. So if we are to give this and, and put this, this, this principle together, the horizontal aspect, worshiper to worshiper, it is the communication where worship is seen, felt, and heard by the body of believers. It is the communication that also opens the door for the unbeliever to see the faith of the true believer express their love, heartfelt gratitude to God, worshiper to worshiper. If people never see other people worshiping, then how will they know and begin to experience the God that you know? Most of times when we come to church, we sit by ourselves. We don't want to talk to nobody. We don't want to love on nobody. We don't want to tell nobody that we had a bad day. I'm coming right down your aisle. Worship has everything to do with you being honest with the person that you're sitting next to. Well, I don't know them and I don't want them in my business. That's the problem. That's the problem right there. Because if you never tell the person that you're standing next to, well, I don't know them, Pastor, and, and they don't know me. And, well, ain't none of us strangers in here right now. So you should be able to go to somebody and say, you know what, can you pray with me today? Can you worship with me today, Michael? Because I I'm having a bad day today and, and I'm going through some things. That's worshiper to worshiper, y'all. That, that's worshiper to worshiper. Worshiper to worshiper is not saying, man, you know, everything's going good, man, and I'm living for God, man. I'm blessed and I'm highly favored. That's a fake. I don't know who came up with that, but that has to be the worst saying that we can, I'm blessed and I'm highly favored, but you cannot worship from worshiper to worshiper. You can't see the other person. <laughs> you, you, you can't look the other worshiper in the eye 
when you have an offense with your brother and your sister, but you say you love God. You say you love God, but you can't talk to your neighbor. You can't pick up the phone and encourage the believer that you go to church with. You're nasty, and when you talk to people, you don't touch people the right way. How can you say you're in the presence of God and you don't want nobody to touch you? You don't want nobody to be bothered with you. How can you say you're worshiping God? That's a lie. I know y'all going to say, but you know what? I, I'm like that all the time. No, you're not. No, you're not. Pastor Fred, what are you talking about? If we're talking about loving God, honoring God, and worshiping God as a body, then why can't you worship with another person and talk to them? And both of y'all command the glory of God. Everybody's saying the same thing. Pastor says, lift up your hands and you clap. God says, open your mouth and you stand there like this. You're causing everything to be weak. If you can't say it and we can't all say it together, then how can we receive the blessing of the Lord together? How can you? He said, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. So that is not, that's a command. Worship has everything to do with your soul being commanded to honor him. Here we are. We worship in order to enhance unity within the body of the believer. This type of communicated worship invites the unbeliever to be a part of the corporate worship experience. That's why when we started the Rock Church, I told our leaders that you cannot get caught up in worship and not see when new people come in. When new people come into a presence and everybody's gone and they're just standing there like, wow, what's going on? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they're doing. It feels good, but I don't know anybody. And, and 20 minutes, 30 minutes later, you've not even noticed that somebody's came in to stand next to you. It's for the unbeliever. But if the believers are not postured, to worship God and to create this atmosphere, a corporate worship experience. I'm talking about an encounter that will not only change your life, but it will change everybody's life that is connected to you. Our corporate worship experience brings a sense of oneness to the body of Christ. This worship allows us to worship in the spirit of unity. We go back to Psalms 133. It says, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. So, let's begin to just be transparent. How do we come to church and fall out with each other? How do we say that we love God, but we cannot fix offenses? How do we lift up our hands and you know that you have an ought 
with your brother or your sister and you're saying, God, I love you. My God, what type of God are you serving that, that we carry offense in our heart, that, that we believe that unity is you do what you do, you do what you do, and, and when we get together, we, we'll just be all right and let me be me. And no, 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 no. You're not you in the presence of God. In the presence of God, you are the Christ-like reflection of God's mercy, of his grace, of his forgiveness, of his kindness, of his gentleness. Come on, you are the Beatitudes. You are not you when you come into the presence of God. That's what affects commitment and service because you think that when you got saved that you weren't supposed to change. No, that's a lie. That's why salvation's not free because it's going to cost you you. It's going to cost you your will. It's going to cost you everything. When I say everything, it's going to cost you you. Real worshipers. I was reading the devotional on yesterday and it says love knows how to suffer. Love knows how to take the accusation. Love knows how not to make a list when people do you wrong. Real love learns how to endure. Woo! So if we're going to say we're worshiping God, then you've got to be able to endure creating this place has everything to do with this. Unity allows man and his brother to bond in the spirit of love and peace. Unity in worship creates an atmosphere where we will all be able to hear the joyful sound of worship. Somebody say the joyful sound. Come on, somebody say the joyful sound. The joyful sound of worship. Psalms 100 says, make a joyful noise all ye lands. Verse number two, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. So that means that when you come into the corporate setting of worship, there should be a joyful sound of singing that bursts out from your soul. It's a corporate sound. It says, know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Here it is. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. Verse number four, from worshiper to worshiper, everybody should enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Did you hear that? That means that the moment that you get out of your car, the moment that you set foot on the property, 
you're entering into the gates with thanksgiving and you should be telling somebody I, I can't wait to get to worship today I, I got a praise that I, I got a praise that I've got to give God today God has been good to me not only do you enter his gates but then you enter his courts with praise what is praise it praise represents something that you admire huh something that you admire when you admire someone you do what you praise them you praise them you you praise them the reason that praise is hard is because we don't admire God we admire what he can do but we don't admire God oh that now that'll that'll preach right there you 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 want what he can give but you don't admire him for who he is You don't admire him for what he's done. You just want him to do, do, do. When are you going to do? When are you really going to yield praise before him? Are y'all getting what I'm saying? And then it says, give thanks unto him and bless him. There, there's that word again, bless. It goes back to honor. We taught on last week, worship has everything to do with you honoring God. The reason that we're so lax, that we're all so laxed in our commitment to God is because there's a lack of honor. When you don't honor something till it's, to its fullest potential, you'll lack the ability to live up to the honor of what is being given to you. Did you hear that? Honor has everything to do with you putting that person in the highest position that they can never be put in. Some of us honor other things. Some of us honor other things. And God is always at the end. You know what? Dang, I forgot to pray. Dang, I forgot to give my tithe. I, 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 I forgot to get up this morning. I, I, I forgot to call some. I, for, I forgot. Why do you always forget about God, but we remember everything else to do? You don't forget to eat. You don't forget to hang out. Why do you forget God? Because he's not a priority. So something's wrong with your worship. If God is not the priority, then who are you worshiping? If God is not the priority, then coming to church and worshiping with your brother or your sister is not a priority to you. It's coming to church because you don't want to get in trouble and you don't want to hear nobody say, they miss church, they miss church. I, I, I don't get it, y'all. And, and I need y'all to understand where we are right now. How many of us are prepared to vote in two weeks? Pastor, what this got to do with it? How many of us are prepared to make a difference in our community November the 4th? If you are not prepared to make a difference, you are bringing an offense to the God that is fighting on your behalf. It's a shame that God is not the priority. But we're saying, God, heal my body. God, bless my marriage. Take care of my children. Give me this. Give me this. Do this. But he's not the priority. One. 
out of three African-American men are incarcerated. Unjustly. And we're just coming to church. Just to come to church. But our worship should cause us not just to be spiritual activists, but to be natural activists. If you are not crying out in the wilderness in this season and putting a demand on this generation to change this mode, I can guarantee that your children, my children are already gone. I'm talking about the children that are growing up right now. They probably will never be able to vote another day in their life. 53,000 people right now in Georgia cannot vote because of the law. You've got Indians on a reservation that are being told that they cannot vote right now. But the church is satisfied with saying, Andorabah, thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Are you ready to make a change? You ready to make a change? African American men and children probably won't be able to get school loans to go to school. And we're sitting here thinking that the world is okay, that we're worshiping a God, and God is saying, what are you going to do after you come out of worship? This is what worshiper to worshiper does. We communicate the need of God. What is the need of God in this season that we vote? Well, I don't vote. Well, then you should not have any rights. People were killed for this generation to sit here and act as if you don't want to vote. You are stubborn, selfish, and how can you worship God and you won't make a change in your community? When we see women that are being laughed at and mocked at for sexual assault and we call it okay, it's not okay in the presence of God. This is a sign of Sodom and Gomorrah. Y'all want to talk about Sodom and Gomorrah? Welcome to the Rock Church. It wasn't about homosexuality. Sodom and Gomorrah had everything to do with women being mistreated, with children being mistreated, with the poor being mistreated. That was Sodom and Gomorrah. When you have children that are being taken from their families, from worshiper to worshiper, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? It's important that you and I get to the face. We worship to provide believers with an opportunity to profess their faith before others by the lifting of their hands. We should always remember that our praise and our worship has everything to do with an honorable expression in corporate settings. Worship gives us the liberty and the freedom to be bold and unashamed of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Real worshipers are not ashamed of their relationship. And, 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 and this is where we've got to grow, Rock Church. Why won't you invite somebody to church with you? Why do you keep coming by yourself? Why won't you make your mama get up? Why won't you tell your friends that are sitting in a place where they're not being fed and they're not growing, will you come to church with me? Not just to see my church, but God is at my church. 
Jesus is at my church. Miracles, signs, and wonders are happening at my church. Worship causes you to profess your faith and your love of Jesus Christ. Real worship, real worshipers talk about God. They live God. You can walk in the room and people say, man, there's a grace on your life. Something, something's changed about you. Something has changed about you. When you, when you start having God encounters, you, you don't even have to open your mouth. You can walk in the room and people say, man, there's something about you. And you just simply smile and shake their hand and say, hey, man, I pray the blessing of the Lord on your life. And I'm excited to meet you today. You're never even giving them a message about Christ, but your reflection has drew them to you. You have to be the disciple. Worship causes you and I. It also creates an atmosphere where God's people are prepared to hear and receive the Word of God. Here it is as I end. Romans 10, 14. How then will they call on Him in whom they have not beloved? How will they believe in Him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? See, you cannot worship God and not experience His love. You cannot really encounter the presence of God and not hear what He has to say. And then you cannot encounter what He has to hear without the voice of a preacher giving you the word on how to establish it in your life. The mentality of the generation that we live in today. I don't need a preacher. You cannot live in this world without a preacher. You can't live in this season without a pastor. Because it's the preacher that's going to give you the tools. The preacher's going to give you some foundation to build on the confirming, relevant, innovative, sustainable, and kingdom idea that God has put in your heart. It's the preacher that's going to push you into your purpose. It's your pastor. It's the voice of the church that's going to embellish everything in your life. College is good. School is good. But guess what? Without the church, it's void. Because I got something in my mouth that'll change your life. Guess what it is? It's the voice of God. It's the peace of God. It's the rest of God. It's the foundations of God. It's the truths of God. It's the rebuke of God. It's the chastisement of God. Oh, Rabbi, it's the healing of God. It's the power of God. It's the delivering grace of God. As you sit quietly today, I want you to lift your hands. And I want you to begin to think from worshiper to worshiper. How can we as a body begin to make a change? from worshiper to worshiper. That means that we've got to deny the spirit of offense. That we have to de de deny the spirit of separation and disunity and discord, division and schism. From worshiper to worshiper in your house, 
in your home, on your job, from worshiper to worshiper. You cannot be caught up in foolish conversations. From worshiper to worshiper, you should be making a difference, making a change in your life. From worshiper to worshiper, when's the last time you picked up the phone and called one of your Rock Church members and just encouraged them and you prayed with them and you asked them, what can I pray for you about this weekend? How can I help you? And how can I be a strong power to you this week? From worshiper to worshiper, stop being so selfish and thinking about you and only you. What can God do for me in this season from worshiper to worshiper? Worshiper to worshiper, it's important that you and I make a difference, not only here, but in your community. Whatever God has assigned you to do, from worshiper to worshiper, make a difference. Go to your job and make a difference. Don't just get a paycheck. Make a difference. I don't like that job. Well, make a difference so that you can leave seed behind. Father, we bless you for this moment today. We thank you. We honor you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.